feels right now. I'm just messing. What's yeah. up? I'm doing good. Now, is that Atlanta? I'm sure you're from Atlanta, but what, what team is that? The Braves. The Braves, man. The Braves. Okay. Okay. Braves. That is good. Well, I appreciate you joining in. Um, you know, it's um, one of the things that we've been doing over the past couple of months, really, is is celebrating our favorite groups from uh, from the 90s, especially those who are still um, making music now and still touring. Um, I saw a video um, of you guys here in London um, last year, pre-COVID, and I was, you know, I saw how the fans were just going crazy with the, you know, when they were joining you guys, singing along, you sang Greek, you sang... I like you sang Serenity, you sang the songs and, and the fans were really going wild. So it's really great because a lot of our fans are wondering, we haven't seen Cut Close for a long time. So it'd be great, you know, to go back a little bit about the beginning, but then also understand what's happening now. I know you've got a new single, Celebrations. Uh, sorry, congratulations. So congratulations. congratulations. But yeah, can we, uh, going back to the beginning, because we've got an international audience. So I believe you're from Atlanta, but is that where the three of you are from? Well, actually, nobody is from Atlanta. Okay, nice correction. No one is from Atlanta. The group basically got together in Atlanta. So okay. that's where the group is from. But individually, we are from completely different states. I'm from Michigan, Athena's from Kentucky, and LaVon is from Alabama. Wow, So okay. Yeah, we're pretty widespread, right? Yeah, I went to school in Selma, Alabama. So I lived in Alabama for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Born and, uh, state, very boring state. It, it, it has its moments. And then I, I went to university in Wisconsin. But okay. So, but, but you've, Tabitha, where did you get to, to music? How did you, where did you start singing? Um, I guess when I felt like, you know, I could sound good to myself when I started singing. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, people think they can sing, but really can't sing. But my family was pretty musically inclined. So I, I come from a, a family of a lot of musicians, a lot of singers or whatever, uh, gospel-wise. My dad's a bishop, so I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Oh, so bishop, wow. Church. Yeah, I grew up in church. You know, I just happened to be the prodigal daughter instead of the son. You know, I went away and came back yet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So so um, I started in, in, in uh, church, and uh, my parents and my family is a, it's a pretty big family. It's 15 of us. 15? So we had something. Yeah, it's 15 of us. Two parents <laughs> and three 13 kids. There's nine boys and six girls. Oh, 15 children. Yes. Wow. 15 children. So we had like, you know, a little Duncan's group or whatever. I thought that I was going to get up and start singing with my other brothers and sisters, but I was a little young, I guess. Okay. So they was like, you too young, sit down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was so, I was so upset. I sat down in the pew and I folded my arms. I was like, you just wait. I was crying. <laughs> it really made me sit down. I was little. I mean, how do you make a little person sit down? And, and you know, in church, they basically give you a shot to do anything. You know, yeah. if you want to get up and sing. Okay, sing, baby. Go on and sing, baby. Nah, they was like, sit down. You too young. So I sat down, you know, on that fateful Sunday. And I folded my arms when I sat down in a seat and I said, you just wait, I'll show you. Just wait. <laughs> so I think it lit the fire. That's the first thing that I can remember when yeah. someone told me that I couldn't do something that I really wanted to do. And I yeah. wanted to really prove to them that I could. Wow. And so, so it stayed dormant for a little while, you know. Yeah. But then when did it, when did that rekindle? Um, well, when I got a chance to do stuff on my own and no one had the right to say no. And so a lot of it started to come out in high school, Okay, you know, 
when I was able to make decisions and, you know, be in gospel choir and stuff like that, you know, and get in, in the, you know, in the school choir and people tell me, you know, like you can sing, you know what I'm saying? I had, I needed some validation. Of course I was in the choir, yeah. but my sister was over the choir. So I was never really able to lead a song or anything like that to, you know, see if I could, you know, if, if I was different than, than other people. Yeah. And so she would be like, you know, you sound like a little girl. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't have titties yet. So, um, I am, I, I am a little girl. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So they never gave me the opportunity. So in school, in high school, I was able to prove what I could do and then give me a fair assessment okay. on who I was as a singer or whatever. So they got me, they gave me some shots. You know what I mean? I got a chance to sing, uh, No Bad News and Gospel Choir, you know, from the Wiz. We had a little, you know, musical and stuff. And, you know, I, I got the whiff of, you know, people, appreciating my talent instead of my family kind of shooting me down a little bit you know what I mean yeah and so when I graduated high school at 18 I left home I left home you know because I, I felt like our upbringing was very strict and I wasn't able to be myself yeah. and so I needed to create a life outside of my family because we were very structured into religion and yeah. very strict you know what I'm saying so it kind of helped me break away to be honest you know you know your parents try to teach you the right way but really if you put something too much on a child it kind of pushes them a different way you know what I mean okay. and I'm a living witness of that you know so I left home you know with a boyfriend at the time you know forfeited a lot of you know just things that I had for college and you know what I mean I signed up to you know go to Indiana State I was going to run track there okay. you know what I mean and so it just, you know, it never transpired because I felt like I needed to find out who I was and I wanted to be away from family because it was too much of a structured thing that, you know, put me in a position that I didn't want to be in. I wanted to be myself. Yeah. And so I left and I moved to Atlanta and wow. I, I came here and we worked with my boyfriend at the time, you know, he was who helped me put Cut Close together. So he was very musically inclined. He was actually in a gospel group in Indianapolis. And he moved down here because he um, had a high school friend or a childhood friend, which was Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, you know. So <laughs> when we moved to Atlanta, we worked for him, you know, as a personal assistant, you know, for him. Okay. And so my boyfriend could write songs. He could sing. He was singing with Face back in the day in high school and stuff like that. So they had a lot of, you know, things that they had in common. And so he formed a, a production company that um basically face wanted to sign to his production team his publishing company okay that they initially turned down because you know once you find out you know you know people try to you know small game you you know what i'm saying you find somebody else who really something like that happened to me that you know gave them more solidification as far as you know their talent and gave them more money so they took that instead of face you know what i mean but still it was a stepping stone for me to be in the business in the way where it showed me different things where it's like hmm my singing I can do this and you know and yeah. and then being with from one jail when it came down to my parents to another jail because with him it was another jail I just didn't know it yet and I was yeah. like oh man y'all I can't know sir <laughs> okay but try to like try me down too I was like man nah, bro. <laughs> yeah but if we if we go back so I think because you said you, you ran you left home when you were 18 and I think it's we, you know, those of us who don't live in America probably see a lot of that on TV and people leaving home. But practically, what does that really mean? Did you just say to your parents, that's it, you know, guys, I love you, my family, brothers and sisters, but I'm I'm going to move away? Or did you just not show up one day and they, they, they can't wait looking for you? Well, you know, I could 
my family was very strict. I mean, very, very strict. I couldn't listen to secular music, you know. So there was no Michael Jackson or any kind of different music other than gospel in my house. We, wow. It was banned. We would get our behind spank for that. You get a, you get a spank, you know what I'm saying? So we weren't able to really flourish in the way that we wanted to. We had to be our parents, you know. Yeah. So that really pushed me to, to find myself. Yeah. Because, you know, with so much restrictions, you know, I couldn't even wear pants. You know what I mean? Wow. And so I was really good at track and field. And mm. so, you know, you can't wear a skirt running. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, my parents just had so many, you know, children and so many other things. My dad had the church and everything. He wasn't really able to be, you know, one-on-one -on -one with us, you know, and different things. But he knew that I was good at track and field. Okay. Um, and so when he'd go see me, I'd run in the skirt, but he ain't never know, you know, that was like in the elementary. I'm like, come on, dad, it's not like that in high school. <laughs> but when I got onto the team and I was on varsity, like all four years of my high school career, I was on varsity. And so when I would go to track meets, you know, I'd have to wear my skirt over my pants, wow. you know, which is going to practice. But I'm like, you think I kept that on, dude? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but my parents never came. They never came to see me until uh, my, high, my senior year in high school. And I was 18 already. So you couldn't tell me to get off the team because I was like, whatever. I don't have, you know, I'm legally here in the United States, 18, you're an adult. Okay. You know, whether you have graduated high school or not, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you can't make me get off the team. You know, if you try to, you know, he's like, what are you doing that on? I was like, come on, dad. You really thought that I, you know, wore a shirt out here, dude? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? But this, that was the first time he ever came to see me was when I was a senior. So it, was, it really wasn't much he could do about it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I graduated and, and. You know, they were so rough and, you know, on a, hot, a lot of things, you know, I got in trouble doing some things I shouldn't have done, you know, and, um, well, you know, according to parents, but, you know, it's just teenage years, you know, went yeah. to sleep and on the phone, I should have been on the phone, you know what I mean? I got in trouble and this is what really made me feel like I needed to leave the house, you know, yeah. when I got, you know, I was, I woke up to a belt, you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> seriously, dude? I'm like 17 years old. I mean, no, bro, no, sir. <laughs> Because at this time, when you're 17, you're at the stage in your frame of mind where you don't do stuff like that. Because at this point in time, children, you know, hit you back. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, because, I mean, it's not, at a certain age, people need to stop spanking children. Yeah. Because then you provoke them to wrath. And you don't yeah. want that. You yeah. don't want that because they're human. And there have been, you know what I'm saying, kids to do wrong to their parents. And I'm not yeah. saying that I ever was in that position. But you got to be careful when, you know, you kind of make those kinds of moves. But it did force me to leave the house very, very quickly. So when I graduated high school, I never went back. I, I stayed with my sisters. I never went back to my parents' house. Oh, your sisters were married, so you could stay with them. It wasn't okay. So. Right. But it didn't matter because when I graduated, it was like in 91. I graduated in June. Um, by August, I was gone. I was living in, I, was, I came to Atlanta, Georgia. I moved here. Wow. And I've been gone ever since with my boyfriend, you know. But then I just didn't know I was dipping into another jail. But I, I broke from that, too, when I when I allowed him to uh, understand that I needed my own life. And, you know, I formed Cut Close because I, you know, I, I really um, love TLC. You know what I mean? Because TLC looked like they were sisters. It looked like they had fun and I envied that. I wanted it in my life. I just had me and him and I'm like, oh, I'm in another jail. And okay. he was much older than me. So I didn't really get a chance to, you know, kind of like spread my wings because he was very possessive in that way, you know. Yeah, you said he was older because I'm thinking about Face being quite, quite older in the deal. So that that could explain why he was he was his friend. I'm thinking, wow, that either you are that old or he was old. But yeah. it, you said he was much older. So you almost twenty years older than me. Almost. Okay, yeah. So that kind of so makes sense. So you guys moved to Atlanta. 
he he yeah. says I'm I'm going to I know Babyface now. This was '91, so he would have come out with Boomerang. Did you know that? Wow, we we're going to meet up with Babyface, and he could sign you. Or what was the plan? Was it just well? I mean, that wasn't really I wasn't. It wasn't really my intention to be in the in the music industry like that. Although I had you know written some songs and sang some demos. I, it wasn't really nothing that I, you know, thought that I was going to do until I got to a crossroads of, you know, figuring out my life and not, I couldn't just be there and be somebody's girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? I needed to find myself. And yeah. so that was just the way. And I did have that talent and I was interested in it, but I was always nonchalant because people kind of told me, you know, you know, that I wasn't really, you know, good enough to be, you know, what I was, you know, so I kind of like shied away from it the spotlight per se and so I never really wanted to be a lead singer like that anyway to some extent or you know a solo person and I say that because most people start out wanting to be solo you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah but I was looking for more for the the you know affection of sisterhood you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and knowing that I did have a talent but I wanted something that was mine you know what I mean and so I, I used all of the gifts that God gave me and this is where I ended up, you know, I created Cut Close and, you know, uh, knew some people in Indianapolis. I've, obviously, I lived there before. Um, I moved from Michigan to Indianapolis when I was 14. And so there's some people that I knew in Indianapolis that gave me Athena's demo. And I heard her demo and was like, uh, do you want to come to Atlanta? Because I was, you know, explained to, what, to her what I was trying to do. And so she was like, sure. She was, you know, trying to, you know, get a deal herself. She was in college, you know. And so she came down and, you know, we met and we clicked immediately, like on the phone, we clicked immediately. So when we actually met up in person, it was like a done deal. And her freaking doggone tone was so off the chain to me. I just fell in love with her voice immediately, you know. Yeah. No, but, we had another girl in the group. Oh, no, yeah, but before you, you jump to that, though, because, the, the, you know, you know, this is quite interesting because most people form a band when they're in high school, you know, especially the musicians. Um, or, but you were saying that you thought about... You said TLC were, you, were, you, were the ones that inspired yes. you at the time? Yes, TLC, you know, they had that sisterhood that I wanted. I okay. wanted to make that for me. You know? and, and and at this time, though, with the connection with your boyfriend making waves and stuff, did you then have the sort of the business acumen set up like, okay, we're going to get a group, we're going to be signed up, we, we, we know what we're doing, or what was it, what were your thinking at those very early stages? Well, I was kind of behind the, scene, the scenes in a lot of ways, you know what I'm saying? So I saw how things were formulated. I saw how things were being made and how it was done mm -hmm. in order for, you know, me to find my own formula and, and you know, try it out. You know what I'm saying? Because I was around, obviously, LaFace and LaFace Records and all that stuff. I was around with Usher. He was like 12 then, you know what I'm okay. saying? Very young, you know? So I was around when all that was coming up, you know? So I, I, I got a lot of information Okay, back. <laughs> Sorry, I got a lot of information, um, you know, just, you know, being around, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, when I put the group together, we, we were already, he was already dealing with a lot of people because he had gotten a publishing deal with his production team, HOP, that Babyface wanted to sign. Um, and since he was my boyfriend, I, you know, I had fair game and everything, you know what I'm saying? And so I just used him to my advantage, you know, to make a life for myself. Yeah. Instead of being underneath the roof or element of somebody else's, you know, umbrella, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I had to branch out and, you know, he helped me. And so he was working with Keith Sweat. He was working with Face and, you know, a lot of different people in the business because they had a publishing deal. So they was getting their stuff played, you know, to different people and was working on different people. And um, 
sent our, you know, we got a package together, you know, took pictures when, when LaVon first came into the picture because she okay, came in after another girl was in there. Okay. But LaVon came through with someone that was looking uh, to be in another group that Keith wanted to sign before, but yeah. they had already their members already. So Keith that was interested in a different girl group before I came along. And I knew who the girls were because of the production company. That was, uh, we were all friends. We were all friends. Okay. So when I got my group together, I told my boyfriend, I was like, you think you can take us to Keith? Maybe. Okay. I mean, come on, survival of the fittest. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, he squeezes in there. He was like, all right, you know, he's like, Darcy will be mad. I'm like, hey, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, Pimpy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life is what it is. And we just figure out, throw it out there and see if people just pick the cards. And so Keith heard us and he was like, can they sing? I mean, they cute, baby. Because he's heard us sing, they cute. He said, like, can you bring them over to the studio? So, you know, we came over to the studio the next day, auditioned, would get up on it. And that day, he told us he wanted to sign us. Oh, oh, did, did you already have Get, get, get Up On It nope. written? He, he had Get Up On It written. Okay. And he wanted you guys to sing it and then yeah. perform in front of him. Okay. Right. So we we basically, he gave us the backgrounds to sing. We got in the, in the um, booth yeah. and we were singing, you know, to Get Up On It. And so it was his song. Yeah. You know. And he just basically added us to it when we started, you know what I'm saying? That's how we auditioned for him, was singing and get up on it. Wow. And that's how we started. And we was like, all right, that's going to be the song The song that's going to drop, that's going to introduce us. So, okay. So now at this point now, did you then say, okay, you've got the three of you guys together. Um, the name itself, who came up with the name? Because keep... Um, <laughs> no, the, the name was mine too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I, I kind of built my own little, you know, thing and just took it to him. He didn't really come up with much, you know, when it comes down to cut close per se. But okay. we did have to change our name because our name was not cut close at first. It was Nubian Three. Okay. Because um, we were an urban contemporary gospel group at first. We were uh, not okay. a secular group. And, you know, because I still wanted to please my father. You know, I yeah, still had yeah. those things in me that I wanted to, you know, I didn't want my dad to be disappointed in me. You know, I'm a daddy's girl. And so I tried to keep some of what was taught, you know, yeah. and, and make it like BB and CC Winans, because, you know, you could yeah, have songs yeah, that could yeah, be yeah. for God or for, you know, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we got with Keith, you know what I'm saying? You already know what that joke is. The bad dude about, you know what I'm saying? Talking yeah. about the bad, bad doors, man. Can I get about this bad dude? What you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. So when we got with Keith, we were saying, get up on it. And I was like, um, <laughs> see, what had happened was, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that's just the industry. Yeah, it takes you by surprise. Yeah. My then, dad wasn't happy. Let's just say that. But then at that, at that time, then when you guys were signing with Keith, did you, because you were working at LaFace, so you knew the background stuff, and you, 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 your boyfriend at the time had the publishing stuff. Did you then know about the paperwork, you know, to make sure that, you know, you guys aren't just going to be singing and nothing comes back to you guys? Did you well, know? Well, I did know about the paperwork. Did or didn't? But I did. You did, okay. But, but. Oh, here's a but. You're not going to get everything you want. Okay. I mean, come on. You think you're going to come up in here green as a doggone green bean that you're going to come and get everything you want? Nah, bro. It don't work like that. Okay. So everybody has to pay their dues in some kind of way. You know, okay. it's, it's going out there trying to be in a boxing fight and, and never get hit. Mm. You know, so, you know, we thought that we could avoid certain things because we knew more. But yeah. nah, bro, one hook is going to catch you sooner or later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a straight doggone uh, Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> you caught in something. Something gonna cut your neck off your leg, knee, something is gonna you miss some kind of limb coming back, limping, you know what I mean? So um, we tried to avoid as much as we could and get our own little, you know, lawyer and stuff. It was like, well, we got our own lawyer, so they won't be able to get over. Man, this, you know, this business, everybody know everybody in here now. Yeah. <laughs> We're the only ones that didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, man. You think people don't know who you know, dude? That these days you just gotta be, you better watch your mouth anyway because you just never know who know who. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we thought that we had the right lawyer, but nah, bro, we got into a hell of a situation because we signed a seven album deal. So a seven album deal, that's a lot. No one releases an album a year. So basically that's almost 14, 15 years. That's yeah. if you release one album every two years. Yeah. And most people sit on the shelf for a couple, you know what I'm saying, years before you even start working on the album. You know, when you're talking about being on the roster like Electra. I mean, you know what I mean? We had a lot of people out there, but still, they everybody had to wait. And I'm like, to sign that many years of your life away to anybody, if it ain't going to be your husband, is foolish. But could you, did you have a choice at that point? Was it of just- course, we always have choices. But we just, we just ate it because we thought we could do better the next time around. Well, you know, if we do better, you know, we can change the contract next time around. <laughs> so, I mean, if the album went Nothing like multi, like 10 million or so, you could then go back and negotiate. Is that what you were I mean, you probably could. You probably could. But when you dog on this business, man, them jokers screw you so hard. I mean, come on. You, you didn't hear the story about TLC? Yeah. They're like one of the biggest selling groups of all time. Female-wise, they are. And they yeah. got jacked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. W- what makes you think that, what is this, Queen Victoria over here? Or Elizabeth or somebody? No, 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 yeah. no. Nah, bro, we like, you know what I'm saying? I wish I could say I was like that dude who won, you know what I'm saying, like this. But nah, yeah. bro, we was like this. <laughs> we was on the lower registers, you know what I'm saying? So, um, nah, we got we got juke bad in, in many ways, you know what I mean? But, you know, I really don't have no regrets because you, you live and you learn. Yeah. No, and, and the reason I ask this because um, pretty much most of the people I've interviewed have all said the same thing, especially the R&B, you know, whether it's in Vogue, whether it's the Rude Boys, um, Ready for the World, everyone I've asked, interviewed have said the same thing, and especially the, the, with, the, with black artists, and which is very sad to hear. But, and, but I, and I do wonder then, because you had the inside did you then think, okay, if we can't get the the right points on the album, maybe with the writing and the publishing, because you already have that. Did you have that set up at least to have some? Yeah, I did but you know the 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 crazy thing about that is, is that okay, we wrote on the album. They were like, all right, go on the right. Guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna slip a publishing contract inside the record recording contract that comes two in one. You know what I'm saying? Which came with us. We had the publishing contract and recording together. And we gave up our publishing for $1. Like, who the hell gives an advance for $1? $1. It said it. What do you mean you gave up? What, what, what does that mean? You, you give up it? your rights. Because you, when you sign a publishing deal with a publishing company, you have to give them 50%, whatever the deal is, of whatever you do. And they give you an advance. And usually you have to make enough money back to pay that advance back before you get back into, you know, getting your, you know, monthly dues or whatever, right? Yeah. But if you sell, if they only give you a dollar for an advance and they already immediately taking your publishing, they just getting money for free. Because mm. how much money you got to pay back? What? A cent? Mm. So we didn't have any money that he gave us because you're like, you know, you like the people who gave us, you know, who helped us record the album. 
they got a publishing deal for $150,000. You understand? Wow. $150,000. We got a publishing deal for $1. Wow. That's how jacked up that contract was. And to even know that you're screwing somebody in that sense is just really just disheartening mm. as people to me. Like, you know, we only live one time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We only live one time. Why does it, why do people make it so hard for someone just to enjoy life? Yeah. Or yeah. to just make it, I mean, come on. Why do we even fight to stay in homes? Like a home is a necessity. Food is a necessity. Cars really is a necessity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's something that's normal that you should have in order to make life go around, yeah. right? But for whatever reason, people try to just take everything away and see how much you, what can you make over out of this dirt to get you down the street? Like, you know, no one wants to extend a helping hand to even be fair, to be like, all right, everybody deserves a place to freaking live. Everybody yeah. deser deserves freaking water. Are you insane? Everybody deserves food. Like, what the actual freak, yo? It just makes me so angry when it comes down to just the selfishness of human beings mm. you know yeah and, and no, so, no no yeah no more so than than the um than the music industry where they just take advantage of the of, of talent especially the, i don't know why black artists more, more a lot more because we hear more of the stories but then the fun part is that you you, you the things that you guys enjoy were good at which was the singing how was the, the 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 recording the process of recording the album the, the the surrender? Well, you know, we recorded mostly at at the house that I was living in, that the house that me and my boyfriend had, because everybody came down here to record. We recorded. Let me see. We recorded. Let me see. More than half of the album at the house that I was living at. Wow. You know because you know a studio is a studio if the engineer is great uh, mm. Keith had like a million dollar studio with the big ass SSL board that went from one side of the room to the next side of the room <laughs> and we did get up on it but that get up on a re the mix sounded worse than what we did in a freaking doggone bedroom you know what I'm mm. saying or a studio that was made into a bed you know a bedroom was made into a studio made made city, you yeah. know what I'm saying and so I'm like we got a better sound on like some ADATs or DA88s than your SSL board so it's mm. not really where you are. So who can doggone tweak it? It's the person behind it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So recorded half of the album there. And then we recorded Get Up On It. Only, only no, Get Up On It and Lay My Body Down. We recorded two songs at Keith Studio. Okay. And then the other songs was recorded at like Eric McCain, the guy who wrote Twisted with us and Surrender and Lovely Thing and Keep On. Um, we did at Eric Studio. So we only was only at maybe three or four places. Three places, yeah. really. And the last place we were was at the Hit Factory in New York we, when we uh, was mastering our album. Okay. And Michael Jackson was there at the same time when we were doing ours. And he got on the elevator with us, but he was dressed as an old man in a wheelchair. And we didn't even know it. I was like, son of <laughs> Yeah, the guy, yeah. yeah um, it's crazy, yo. Yeah. So by the time um, Get Up On It came out, had you finished recording your album or was that still? Yes, know? yes. Get Up On It was done. I mean, the whole album was done. By the time Get Up On It came out, and we basically started doing anything. Everything was recorded already. Okay. So we were finished in, in 94. And then, and then get, get Up On It came out later on in that year. Yeah. And then our album came out, you know, after our first single dropped in the first quarter, our album came out in March of 95. So did you sign to Kia or did you sign to Electra? What, what was that? Well, Kia was through Electra. Okay. okay. So same difference, basically. Kia was basically Keith's 
record company through Electra. They just basically gave him a deal to sign an artist through him. Okay. You know, so everybody had subsidiaries back then. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, had yeah. Kadar, you know, they had a whole bunch of different things, branches, depending on what name you had, you know? Yeah. And Keith had a name and that joke got, you know, a lot of money, you yeah. know, for our album. And we didn't, we basically made it in a house, you know? Yeah. And you get like a quarter of $250,000 for an album. And we recorded in, in, you know what I'm saying? In other people's houses. Like how can that equate to our budget? You know what I'm saying? Being yeah. ran through. Yeah. The um, it was so you did you have to sign with Sylvia Rohn? Was she the, still was she around at that time? What she was the CEO? Yeah, right? that's what I was the idea of Electra. Yes, okay, yes. I yeah. got in trouble because I used to always call Sylvia, you know, to tell her about what Keith was doing that you know wasn't really good for us. And I'm like, you know, we signed to a record deal, but we can't work. Like we're gonna get kicked out of our house. Like what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? That joker told us to get a job and take Marta, which is the city bus to work. Is this before yeah, the yeah. album came out? Yes, this is when we were, when the album was out. Oh. So you had, you already had a, a hit single with Get Up On It out there. Yes, we had a hit single with Get Up On It. And then Keith wouldn't allow us to make money and, and you know, tour us or, you know, because he was our, he was our record company. So it's like, give us some artist development, get us, get us on some shows, something, you know what I'm saying? To, to, you know, and he just didn't do any of that. And then they went on tour, Keith went on tour, and then he took Athena with him. And didn't take me and Levon, you know? And I'm like, excuse me? Like, how the, how the freak do you take one person and not, I mean, what the fuck? It's stupid as hell. Like, it made no sense. Mm -hmm. And so you start division and dissension and animosity. You start all of that stuff when you do stuff like that. And you expect people to figure out how to pay their own bills. And, but then you got background singers singing our songs on the road. I mean, it was just dumb. It was yeah. dumb when it came down to the thought process of, of a business-minded person. It was more personal, stupid shit like that. That's how I feel. That's just basically what it was because it made no business sense whatsoever. Because if your album's already out, so it, I would have not naturally thought that you guys would then be pre-introduced. Yes, so that you do get... everything. And if we're your artists, then what a freak when you take us everywhere to promote us, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what normally people do for you sign somebody if you're not going to take them and promote them. If you're not going to, you know what I'm saying, let the, the group tour. He was more dedicated to Silk than he was Cut Close, you know what I mean? So it was just whack. We didn't understand why. We were just like, why did you even sign us if you basically don't want to help? So what did Sylvia... So I would what, get in trouble calling Sylvia Ron all the time. What would she you know? say? She was like, you know, her hands are tied, you know, and she understands. She's like, you know, it's just, it's key. You know, it's him, you know, not doing certain things or, you know, allowing because, you know, Sylvie was the parent company. She was the mother company. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. She couldn't really go over Keith's head, but, you know, it was a little interesting working relationship with them, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of stuff was just politically just jacked up. Yeah. So then, you know, when, when the first single that from the album um, I like comes out, um, were things a little bit different? Um, no. Things were not different. Things were the same with him. So we got to, you know, we, we had to get a manager to try and get us other things or whatever, but Keith didn't really work with the manager either. Like, it was like a sabotage monkey wrench in this shit, you know? It was crazy. And there were no one really, under I still don't get it, because even now, as many shows as he has, he don't even have us on the shows that he do. How many times have we, we been to London with Keith and he's without us? A lot. A lot, obviously. You said we haven't seen you guys for a long time. You know, Keith go there all the time. 
Mm. Keith goes to London all the time. But we're barely ever with him, and I still don't get it. You know, yeah. he will say sometimes, you know, you guys don't have a lot of songs or whatever. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? We got most of your songs. <laughs> yeah. so, but I'm like, you know, if if everybody, so what? If 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 most of our songs are done with you, so what? You know what I mean? Yeah, I ain't got no sign. I'm like, uh, all the albums that you put out, how many songs do you really have that people remember? <laughs> so I mean, you, you know, you, 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 I like comes out. It's it's storming the charts. It's it's you know, it's massive hits. Um, mm -hmm. Did you start to see the, the, the were doors starting to open up a little bit more then? I oh, mean, of course. Of course it was. And we were able to, you know, kind of branch off and still be relevant to this day. Yeah. This is 20, this is 25 years later, mind you. We still do shows, especially in, you know, in the Americas, you know, we do shows all the time. It's just that COVID got us jacked up when we yeah. were really starting to, you know, do some different things or whatever. Um, so people want to see us. It's just giving them, you know, what they want. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when it comes down to this business, it's not as easy as people to be like, all right, let me do it again when they jack you up so hard the first time. Yeah. So mentally and spiritually, if it really messes up your spirit, you got to get it back. And it's hard to do it with something that's damaged you. You know what I mean? Everybody don't have that snapback. You know what I'm saying? So I just happen to be one of the ones that's pretty out there when it comes down to, you know, not stopping. But everybody else kind of stopped a little bit when they went home or when cut close basically just stop working or whatever everybody else was just like okay well yeah, okay who was that well I, I think the big question we all have was because i i, I bought the album i it, 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 i i you know, loved this, the album uh, the the vocals the, the the types of songs on them uh, as i said it helps when you have you know four big you know even though you're featured with keith on a number of tracks it just was just really uh, and and the 90s we had such a a good mix of, of great groups and great songs and great music you know yeah it had some substance right it had yeah substance. but but the, my question then became you had a, a an album that went more than gold what happened for i was expecting the next album because the night well, we were working on the next album but then they tried to do some some crazy stuff and, and so they broke up the group uh, and then they tried to who, replace who, two of us who's what do you mean they tried who's well, well, obviously Keith. Here? Obviously okay. Keith then, yeah. They tried to replace me and LaVon because I was a troublemaker because I wanted what was right for Cut Close and they get rid of the people who's got the mouth. You know what I'm saying? I just don't, those are my girls. You know what I mean? I brought everybody to the situation. I brought everybody to Keith. You know, I got us the deal and to try and dismantle it in the way that was very uh, disrespectful um, because people want to have their own voice or to try and stop from being abused in a certain kind of way when it comes down to your career, you know what I mean? Mm. So it wasn't really nothing where it's like, oh, they're a problem. I was like, no, we just want what was for real. Like, yo, are you kidding? You you signed us, but we can't even make a life. I mean, you can't complain about it. Otherwise, you know, well, get rid of them. What? So one time I was on my way home and then I heard that they were looking for two different, two members, new members of Cut Close on the radio. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Yo, you know, I was heated. I was heated. So they tried to replace us, and you know, and Athena was in on it to some extent. You know, she was there with the other girls. And I'm like, how the hell? Like, you supposed to be, our, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was a dark moment. And it, ha it lasted for about 10 years, you know, just disconnecting. You know what I mean? It never, tra it never transpired. And then Athena went solo. 
and her album never came out, you know. On um, care. No, she went solo on Priority, I think it was. Okay. okay. Like a rap label. It was like a rap label or something like that. Yeah, she yeah, came out with one song. Yeah. And it was called Hey, Hey, Hey. And it just it never went anywhere. And so they dropped her. See, so, yes, I think, and, and, and I think, because I've, I've heard you on, on other interviews talk about why, um, I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, but why Athena was the, the, the main lead singer. And you spoke about the fact that sort of Keith sort of warmed to her vocals and probably put her lead on most of things. But then as a group, you it wasn't a big deal for you guys to, to some extent. Um, but did, did it ever cause conflict? Because some, some of us look at, say, SWV and wonder, well, Coco's singing all the leads. It's, you know, that's, um, that, um, in a way, everyone goes in as a singer. But when you have one predominant singer, it then it then almost looks as complicates if, things. Yeah, well, yeah, because if the if you know if you know if if the if the main singer makes someone feel less than. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it becomes one spotlight. Um, Big Bob has said yes, numbers of times that he didn't like the fact that they dressed him differently than his best friends, and then they pushed him as the main guy, and they, the others were like the pips. But other people don't seem to mind when they are pushed to the forefront. And, and given the spotlight. But I then wonder what it's like for yourself and Levon. How did you guys feel when, you know, Athena was singing everything and, and, and becoming, even on, on uh, say, Nobody and stuff, being the one person featured, Keith featuring her. Does it, does it then think, wow, goodness, they're turning us away deliberately or? Well, I mean, you know, of course, when you are dealing with a group, they always have to find a lead singer. That's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? You got to find the the sound of the group. It's 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 important to do so because if you're all over the place, it kind of you know it can sound a little jumbled or mumbled or whatever. You know what I mean? So they always pick out someone that that is the preface of the sound of the group, even if there's some other people that sing more than the other people. You know what I mean? And so at that point in time. I was in the group because I wanted the sisterhood, the connection. I was not a lead singer, okay, per se, you know. So I understood the gift that Athena had because I became her number one fan when I heard her first. Mm. When I heard her first and I said, I want her. Do you think for one minute that I would care if I was leading a song when I loved her voice better than mine? You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I knew that she had the, the talent she had the experience. I was very young. I was very um, green when it came down to me even being in the business, singing-wise, or even singing on, on, on tape. You know what I mean? And hear my voice back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was very new in it, so I, I didn't have the know-how. You know, I didn't have you know the chance to be like lead a song and me sound good. I was more like, uh, I hear too much of me. Can you turn it down, please? You know. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how I was. You know what I'm saying? But people when they do choose one person to be a lead singer and the way that they make the situation it kind of makes you feel like you're less than a little mm -hmm. bit it does do that to i mean everybody feels that way if you were to put someone in a position where somebody did the same thing but they picked this person more than you know, at some point in time you gonna start feeling some type of way you know yeah. what i mean so it does create animosity and dissension amongst the members because people don't feel important enough you know, yeah. people feel like they're not as important as the other person. And that makes nobody feel good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? 
go try to have three wives and treat all of them. You know, one, come on, man, you, that's not gonna happen. Pimp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you talk about ah, about to get the battle of dog armor getting bomb of Hiroshima. You about to get Phoenix dog on from the X Men. Ah! So I mean, and so Levon, she came in because she was already a solo artist, so she okay. felt a little bit more, you know, nerved by it, like man come on now i used to be the lead singer in my band you know wow. what i'm saying how dare you not you know like my voice or allow me to be able to you know exercise my talent because she could sing you know levon you know she's a beast too hmm. and so but keith you know people do find that one person and i understood that you know and so sometimes when you put a group together and you use one person it'd be one thing if you let them lead or whatever but it's another thing if you let them lead and try to do backgrounds you know what I mean? Okay. And they tried to do that one time on the second album when, when uh, Missy Elliott, we worked with Missy for the second album because we oh. did start the second album. Okay. And so we went to, you know, New York to, to record, you know, and we went to the studio and then they just used the thing, period, and nobody else. And everybody else went up, you know, me and LaVon went upstairs to another room and she did the backgrounds and the verses. I'm like, what the hell are we here? What the hell? That was different. Wow. And it's like, what was the point in having one person do everything but it never came out you know but still it was weird how they did that without allowing other people to partake in it you know what I mean or even try to partake so I think that sometimes the business is almost fashion to to test your nuts in all kinds of ways yeah you know what I mean and so you kind of like you know feel a little and Athena she felt weird too she's like man you know I, my why my girls can't come and sing you know what I'm saying it puts her in an awkward position what excuse do they give? Because I spoke to Profile about that, and they did that to LJ. He was singing background and everything, and they were yeah, flying that's him. Dumb. Yeah, that's and he stupid. didn't like it, but but that's what they were pushing. But what was the the reasons for that? I mean, we didn't never understood the reason. They never told us or gave us a reason. I think it was just because they wanted to hurry and do the song. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I wanted. To, I think they wanted to hurry and get the song finished. And I would just use this person and put everyone. That's how they used to do a lot of stuff back in the day, too. You know, sometimes okay. when people teach you of how things go, when it's like, all right, it's so the whole group. Yeah, but this person, you know. So, yeah, let's just use this person and we'll just put the whole name on it. You know what I'm saying? Five heartbeats. You know, a lot of stuff started happening like that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, you put a different cover on it. You act like it's somebody that is not singing. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of trickery ways that they did stuff just because they wanted to hurry up and do stuff or they felt like, you know, to them something sounded better or whatever you know but, but does that affect the money it. though does it affect how much you get paid or anything no, if no, no. so no. it doesn't, doesn't make a difference it just no okay so it's okay someone did ask me that question the other day they was like you know the swv coco get paid more than uh <laughs> Lee, yeah. i said hell to the motherfucking no sorry <laughs> about my language but hell no not over here pam that's okay. an absolute no sir okay you know how could anybody not bro you you really gonna have a dog on scene like the five heartbeats when that joker took a little sleeve and ripped that joker down here and yeah. start fighting and stuff and tussling on stage, man. Man, that's not going no bro, no bro. So then what happened with this? You did this the track with Missy. Then what happened? I would have thought I mean, Electra would have We didn't we didn't do any other songs after that. Did they did they not release it? No, I, I we, didn't, we never released the second album, so nothing came out. The, what was what were they what was the reason they told you? Like, okay, we've You've just spent time. I told you they try to replace us. After the recording of that track. Yes, oh. that was obviously after the recording of that, the first track that we did for the second album. The second album never transpired. They tried to replace us, never worked. You know what I'm saying? 
And that was that when it came down, it was the last time we recorded anything underneath Electra because, you know, we had, you know, we were supposed to work with Neptunes next, you know what I mean? You're kidding and me. And we never worked with Pharrell them, you know? And so it was just, you know, it really jacked up because they really wanted to make it some bullshit. Like, you know, they even suggested Athena Cage featuring Cut Close. So I was like, man, y'all lost y'all damn mind when that came down. Why would y'all even try to break up the situation with it and make it stupid as hell like that? Yeah, I mean, that, that was, you know, you guys had the, it's like the momentum. It's like intentional, like, do you try? You, 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 hit, you ain't gonna hit me, or you ain't gonna hit me, you know what I'm saying? Get in my face close enough, I'm gonna hit you in your chin and make you go across the street down. You know what I'm saying? So that's how they touched your nuts. <laughs> Wait, so Electra is part of Warner Brothers. Um, I'm thinking SWV with Atlantic, were they part of the family? Yes, you know. So, so they I mean, probably it was like, then. It was thought, Mia. It was Warner, Electric, and Atlantic. Yeah. So they probably then started to think, okay, we've already got SWV. No, they didn't no, want to think it, about competition. Okay, it wasn't the case. No, that wasn't the case because no, um, SWV was on RCA. RCA, yeah, yes, you're yeah. right. They was on. They was on RCA. Okay. But yeah, they. It did matter if you had too many girl groups on one. You know. Because then you had to come out separately. You couldn't come out all at one time. You had to, it was staggered, you know. So you had to wait your turn to come out because there was a lot more people that they had to put money behind too. You know what I'm saying? So. But who who else was in Warner at the time then? I, apart from in Vogue, because they were their golden child. But who else did you? Did yeah, you... but um, girl group wise, it wasn't really yeah. nobody that was there with us. Okay. Not. You know, everybody else is like, because SW, SWV was RCA, TLC was obviously the face uh, yeah. um, records, and uh, Jade was giant, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Jean A was over there with Naughty by Nature, them over there, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 702 yeah. was, I think, with Kadar or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so they were like, you know, everybody was with different people. Okay. It was just a lot of groups at that time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't sign a whole bunch of groups. And, and have everybody waiting for years to come out. Like, that's dumb, too. You know, there was a strategy to it as well. Yeah, yeah. But we were all in competition with each other, you know. But what we didn't realize is that for us to be out like that, what we should have done was been on a tour with each other instead of being in competition with each other. It was dumb, stupid, because I don't know what. Oh, what do you mean? So the competition and, and tour? Because you... right now, look at look what people are doing now. Aren't they yeah, doing the versus thing? Yeah, they did, they did the verses, they did the pass the mic, but then they're also doing the, like lots of 90s revival stuff. And so you've got all the groups together. But back in those days, are you saying still, that- It's always, it's always competition. Back in the day, it was always, who do you like best? Just that person, that person. That's always the case. It's like, just like with freaking solo singers or solo, you know what I'm saying? Who is this person the best? No, this person ain't better. We always put each other up against each other. Yeah. There's no way around it. But when we you do it when it comes down to look, we do it when it comes down to size. We do it when it comes down to color. We do it when it comes down to hair. I mean, there's no place that's not touched when it comes down to, you know, the racist qualities that we have with each other. Yeah. But when Cut Close was going on tour, who were you going Were you going on tour with Silk or were you able to go on tour I mean, with... we barely went on tour like that. I just told you, you know, Keith didn't really... We were with Keith. Keith was our record company, you know? So our tours, we went on promotional tours. We weren't able to go on a lot of tours, but we did go on some. Who was with everybody, like Biggie, you know, Total, freaking doggone SWV, Escape. We were still with everybody, you know, when we did the tours. And so, you know, it was really a team thing, but it, we, everybody had their own teams. You know, we had our own cliques. Everybody had cliques back then. Mm. Wow. It, it was just cliques, you know, which it still is today. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And back then it was like the, you know, East Coast versus the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the South, you know, versus, you know, some, you know, there's always yeah. something crazy that we're in competition with. You know what I mean? Very creative. We are. So in, in so after the whole situation with Keith and, and you guys came out from that, did you through the, and then Athena went and, and got to the solo deal. How, what did you, what did you end up doing? How did you? I mean, you know, I had to figure out life, you know, because I mean, this part was we were still hemmed up in the contract. What could we do? Oh, you're still part tied up to another six yes. albums. We didn't get out of our contract until like 1999 or something like that, 2000. So it means that you can't record or release anything. We can't do anything. Is that helped out? No, you can't do nothing. And they, you can't force yourself. You can't. How can they just? I don't because you find you put your name on the dotted line, and that was individually and collectively. Wow! So when they say individually and collectively, that means you without the group too. Wow! So I couldn't. We couldn't go get no solo deal. We had to wait until, you know, actually it was around two thousand and three. Two thousand three is when we got out of our deal. You know, we couldn't. We couldn't go nowhere else and do anything else. Keith would get a part or we'd have to get permission. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It was just crazy. And it just, you know, and so we had to sit our behinds down until we was able to get out of the deal, period. And that yeah. held us up for a little while, you know. And then while you're laying dormant, I mean, imagine what you do if you don't put no lotion on your skin. That's going to be looking like tree bark. You know what I'm saying? So, so what, what you think you happened do? to our careers? So then what, what, what did you end up doing for, for those? I mean, you live. You get a job. Like job. you freaking work. I mean, what you think I got gold chips on somebody's tree in the back growing or something? You know what I'm saying? And you know, publishing wise, stuff was in court, you know. So yeah, I had to figure it out. Wow. You know, and so I had to get it in, which was very hard to do with people knowing who you are and looking at you like you're a failure. You know what I mean? That sucks. It does something to you mentally and spiritually to be out in the in society because they're not nice to you. Yeah. They don't make you feel good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? So people who are like me that have been in the limelight and you're supposed to be, you know, what on top of the world and you're not, you kind of like hide away. Yeah. And you try not to be seen anymore. You know what I mean? That's when you get those hats you wear all the way down there like this hat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And then being in Atlanta, because that was, that was you know, that you, you had a lot of big acts coming out through Social Deaf and LaFace and and that deaf damn south there was, there was a lot of concentration with music in atlanta then and you guys couldn't be a part of it for those years it sucked because escape was coming out with more albums yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying everybody was coming out with more albums i'm like what the hell kind of curse is this man you know what i'm saying and then i think it's still following us to some extent because even you know it took it, it took a toll on you know some of us to the point where you know I think it's still taking something out of people to even be completely back into it. You know, when you get older, you don't really have the, the drive or the motivation to still deal in bull crap when you see it. Yeah. But the unfortunate thing is, is that, you know, as long as you're living, you're still going to go through bull crap. Yeah. So if you're going to go through bull crap, let it be your own bull crap mm. and not somebody else's. You know what I'm saying? Not working for somebody else. And so I tried to teach that to my girls, you know, and they were, basically was like you're right you're right but you know we needed to you know get to a point where we could you know just gather our thoughts again you know what I mean and mm -hmm. just you know have respect for ourselves or feel like we're not failures and it still comes and goes you know what I mean and then I had two children you know what I'm saying I, 
I have a daughter. I have two daughters that's nine and 11. So, you know, the past 11 years, I've been a mommy. Okay. And, you know, I became, I was a nanny, you know what I'm saying? For, you know, a, you know, a family of lawyers, you know what I mean? That's what I did as a job for 18 years. Wow. Because I needed something that consistently gave me money and the music industry wasn't doing it. They didn't allow us to be able to make it. And so you had to find, you know, a career. I mean, what could you do? You know what I mean? And so with me working in society, it was not nice to me. So I had to, I felt better being in someone else's home, hmm. being a personal assistant to somebody else. You know what I mean? And that kind of gave me, you know, some serious, you know, insight on having some serious humbleness, you know, to, you know, be a celebrity in one side and then another side of my life, I'm like, uh, what else do you need me to do? Kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so for me to swallow that was, I still swallow it, you know? You know, but, you know, I got a chance to, to know the family and love them. You know, I've been with their daughters. I've raised them, you know, so it allowed me to enjoy uh, my life still without, you know, feeling like I'm just a, com a complete failure. And because there's nothing outside of, you know, music and stuff that God has blessed me with that I want to, you know, be indulgent. I don't want to be a doctor. You know, not, that's not me. And I don't yeah. waste my, I don't waste my life to be something that somebody else want me to be or to do something just to be able to have money and have a place to live. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I did when it came down to being a nanny and, you know, and even my family talked about me, I'm like, you really a slave. And I'm like, shut your ass up. <laughs> Ain't Jemima, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, it gave me, it gave me a reason. They, they treated me like I was, you know, normal. You know, the little girls, they, you know, they were innocent and I could deal with children better than I can deal with human grownups. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it allowed me to, to, you know, rebuild myself. Yeah. You know, and, and through their eyes and, you know, and, and they're, they're white. And so, you know, culturally we all have, you know, challenges, but, you know, being in a racist world, yeah, you know, uh, it brought a lot of different variables that I felt like needed to to happen for me because when I was young, I was really susceptible to, uh, you know, racial division and being called a nigger, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, kind of made a, a huge mark in my life to, to be like, why do people not like people because of the color of their skin? Mm -hmm. it's, it's dumb. And so when I saw black and white together and they actually loved each other or I wanted to know if that was possible because of the, you know, backlash that I got and the flack that I got going through school and, how people treated you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to know if it, if it could happen. And for them to be white and for them to treat me in the way where they saw no color, you know what I mean? And I really adored those girls. They did a lot for me and, yeah. and healed. Even now, speaking about it, realizing even more how much they healed me or allowed me to heal myself, you know, with them being what they were, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so... When, when we use words like black or whatever, they didn't understand those kinds of terms mm. or white because I didn't teach them that, you know what mm. I mean? And so I was really the mom, you know, away from the mom that was at work all the time. So I became, you know, the second mom, you know what uh. I mean, to them. So I taught them a lot, you know? Wow. And so when they learned certain slangs and stuff, they were like, what is that? Like, that's not, don't call them names. What do you mean? That's not black, she's brown. Or she'll, they'll say chocolate. Yeah. And they'll <laughs> ask me, you know, why am I chocolate, you know? 
And I'm like, this is the way God made me. And then she's like, well, can you put some on me? And I'm like, that's not what works, baby. <laughs> and so that innocent, you know, yeah. innocence allowed me to be there for 18 years. Wow, that's a long time. You know, and, and you know, this year during COVID is the first time that I've been away from you this long since, since they've been alive. Wow. You know, the first time I've been around or away from them so long, it's been since March, since they have been on this planet. Wow. You know, so, you know, this COVID thing is giving me some, you know, insight and it's, it's making me stronger, you know, where I have weaknesses, it's building me uh, again from the ground up. I, you know, I welcome new situations, you know what I mean? I see things and I see color a different way yeah. than what I have before. And so I'm enjoying life in the way that it comes in the way that it's coming. And I have no regrets whatsoever. Yeah. Because it all has lessons that has taught me that are very, very valuable that money can't buy. Yeah. You know. Now, as, as a group, so, because I, I know you've come up with come up. Um, a new single. Um, congratulations. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did you guys come back together to say, let us start to record? Because I would, I would take it that you guys... Oh, do you guys still all live in Atlanta? You know, no, Atlanta? I'm the okay. only one that's still here. Everybody else moved back home after the group broke up and things didn't transpire. Everybody, so they haven't lived here in a long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've always, like I said, once we got back together after we healed from the situation that happened, you know, uh, previously, uh, we knew that we had a specialness, you know, and it was just really about us getting that bond again before we could even talk about music. You know what I mean? And so we just had to just regroup as, you know, as individuals, as sisters, as females, as, you know, future endeavors and understanding why we did things and, you know, the intentions thereof. And, you know, and you have to do that in order to start the ball rolling so you can be like, all right, now I can, you know, I can move from the where my foot is in now and I can keep moving. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's still been a, you know, I've had a lot of Dr. Ruth. I still got to do a lot of Dr. Ruth with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and, and it's fine because everybody has their strongs and strengths, you know, and that just yeah. happens to be one of mine when it comes down to bringing a group together. And, you know, I was always the one that was close with each of them, you know, because of, you know, who I was, you know, yeah. everybody came to my part, my spot. I was on Athena and LaVon came to me, you know what I'm saying? So everybody yeah. has the connection with me. And so when it comes down to me just, you know, putting some out there, everybody's, you know, more inclined to listen to it because of where I basically have brought the situation, you know? Yeah. You know, so um, I just, you know, we, we really want to do more. It's just that once you run into things that you ran into before, you kind of like are taken back again, like, man, it's still happening. You know what I mean? But then you have to realize that it's going to happen as long as people are alive. People are not going to change. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's just not how it is. So yeah. we have to move a different way to know that, all right, you can't rock with me like this because I'm not no freaking doggone green ear girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm pretty seasoned. This is Sazon over here. Seasoned salt. You know what I'm saying? This ain't no doggone Morton salt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you allow people to know where you came come from, they don't try you as much. Mm. You know, it's same thing with, you know, just, you know, being a, a nice looking person, you know, you always got to dodge the people who want to stick you, you know what I'm saying? Stick their penis in you, dude, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, you dodge and stuff all the time, yeah. you know, in, in different scenarios in the same way, you know, it's a different circumstance, same situations, basically, or yeah. different situations, same circumstance. Yeah. So, know? I mean, so you guys, um, so you guys... You, you, you got back, sort of 
reconnected, you know, did your healing. Uh, um, and then, you know, a couple of, just a week ago, you released the congratulations. Now, mm-hmm. what was the thinking behind um, the type of song you wanted to put out, the kind of the, fl- the flavor written and, and especially um, this track? Okay, I mean, I'll explain it to you this way, you know, and, you know, people always be tripping on me because I'm very sexually, you know, stimulated in the mindset and the thought process or whatever. But I feel like this, whenever you want to have relations with somebody, you got to have something that kind of gets you in the mood, right? Mm. No one wants to just jump in and go straight at it. <laughs> you got to warm up the situation, correct? <laughs> so considering the, the energy of the world and the ambiance of what we are in, we need some healing. We need the energy to be a little different so we can come together as people, mm. you know? And the best way to do it is to let somebody know that you appreciate them. Mm. So you show people appreciation by either acknowledging them in everything that they do, whatever it is that they do, to give them the the confidence and the wherewithal with the positivity to do something better. You know what I'm saying? Next. So when people say congratulations or, man, you look good today or anything that makes you feel good, it basically lays out the positive platform to, for you to go and make whatever choice you got next in you in a better way. Hmm. So it's almost like warming it up, like turning on the, you know, the heat to the eye over there at the stove and just warming up the atmosphere and the energy to get everybody in tune to listen to, but we got to come together first. Hmm. So we got to come together and appreciate one another and respect one another. And then you can get to the love making because we, you know, we need to be sat down for a second okay. and just sh- and just show our congratulations or our respect of one another, of a person, respect a person to let mm. them know that they're special. Everybody is. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, 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 tell your friends to stop calling Zoe. I'm on a call. <laughs> <laughs> Now what? Yeah, what I man, you have children. Them juggers call like a thousand times in a <laughs> row. You call one more, I'm gonna block you, dude. <laughs> in the video, you didn't. You guys aren't featured in the video. Is was there a reason behind that, or is it that you haven't well, been able to shoot one yet? COVID. It's COVID for one. You know what I'm saying. Okay. And it's hard to get people together to you know. And it's easier to do it in this sense, you know, so we can hurry up and put things out. It's really about you know the content. Not really about people. We put our faces in in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? It's not really about seeing us per se because they know cut clothes. And if you want to go see us, just look us up and you'll see us in that sense. But right now, it's really about everybody else. It's not about us. Okay. You know what I mean? So I, we wanted to show all of the ways to make someone feel like they're appreciated and respected and acknowledged. You know what I mean? And so that's why we use a lot of public figures, a lot of public situations when everybody feels good, when yeah. everybody's expecting, everybody's like, yes, everybody's like, oh my goodness. And everybody's like in awe of whatever the situation is at the moment. You know, so if you look at it, it almost kind of brings tears to your eyes when you think about, you know, if you put yourself in that moment, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so um, I thought that it would be, you know, easier and it would probably be more powerful if we were able to do that, to, to get the same kind of feeling of what we were trying to give to everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe next time we'll do an action video with us doing different things, you know, personally. But right now, you know, with COVID and everything, I think this is a good way to to catch people, you know. So yeah. here's hope that it still does well enough hmm. uh, to gravitate towards people's positive thinking 
and been like, yo, I appreciate that. And so the next time we come back, we're going to, you know, make everybody love again. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I, I guess, you know, generally, because we haven't seen you guys in such a long time, um, just to, I think that's the visual part of videos is to, oh, there they are. Oh, okay, I can still remember. And, and, and I think that's why some would say, oh, we haven't really seen you guys. But is there plans after, you know, do you have plans for a full on album or you're just going to be releasing singles? Well, I mean, do you... I don't think it's, I don't really think that it's, it's smart to release albums. You know, I say that because there's so many songs that get lost in albums. You have like three or four songs and then the rest of them is like, okay, I don't remember that song because <laughs> yeah. no one's listening to it. Yeah, so in yeah. order for you to, you know, make people pay more, you don't give them so much. It's too much. It's like, you know, you got too much in your mouth, dude. Take some of that out so you can chew it right before you choke. So I think albums have the tendency to give you too much at one time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there, there were stages because back in the 80s, you, you get maximum eight songs on an album. You know, Keith's Make It Last Forever had eight songs. Guy had eight songs. I think Thriller had eight songs. So it was, and then you get to the mid to mid 90s and they'll yeah, come they out got with 15, 15 songs, 16 okay. songs i can remember all the black Crazy album. Cinema, dude. yeah they were just, just i mean you know yeah. what it is you know what it is i think i think when people put more songs on it people try to get and capitalize more off of it and get paid more off of it okay. and so when people started doing that they stopped paying you after 11 songs oh. 11 songs is the most that a that a record company will pay you oh. for Unless you're, you know, you're trying to split more and more of the pie. Like, you know, if you got about 20 songs and you got freaking doggone 50 writers, I mean, how much money you think you about to split up between everybody? Okay. So, I mean, it's just, it's dumb, really. It's just throwing away songs. Okay, okay. It, there, there's no value in it to me. It just makes no sense. It's like, why would you do that? To, you don't think you dedicated them enough more? You know what I'm saying? I dedicate them as much you know, power and might to every song. I don't want to just yeah. throw a song away. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's smart to just come out with songs or EPs that's like three songs, you know, the most four. Like the rest yeah. of them just gets lost. And I think that's going back to the 60s where they they were releasing singles and EPs. Actually singles, yeah. Yeah, and so so that's what, okay, so that's what we should expect from yeah, you that's Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to happen because it's dumb to do anything else. It takes too long anyway. And everybody's yeah. life is so, you know, not together when it comes down to the, us being in one place, you know, one person's like, well, I can't do it today. Or that person's like, I can't do it today. That's one thing about a group, man. You, yeah. Everybody got to be on one accord. And yeah. that's just not always the case when not we have case. different things going on in different states. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So you just got to be smart. And that's another reason why I do a lot of solo stuff too, because I can't just sit here and wait for people. I, I'm mm. just not that chick. My life is still going. You understand? Yeah. Every day is beautiful in a, in a growing process. And I'm not going to sit here and waste my time because somebody else don't have time today. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take, you know, upon myself to just go out and reach out and do different things, you know, and use myself more than just waiting for cut clothes. I'm never going to give nobody that much power ever again in my life. You understand? Mm -hmm. My life is too precious and it's too important for me to wait for anybody for anything anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when it comes down to the group, I don't have no choice because it comes, you know, I have two other people that's included with it. But if they don't, then I, I come out with my own singles. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to do that too. And it takes too long to wait for people to finish songs sometimes. And I'm like, man, nah, bro, I'm about to take the power back. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that you haven't heard from me, you know, because I, I kind of keep to myself, but not anymore. Mm -mm. I'm the one that really goes out and I do a lot of, you know, I do a lot of plays, you know what I mean? I, I'm in, you know, little side movies, you know what I'm saying? And, 
you know, just trying to get myself out there as an individual and, you know, using Cut Close at the same time because it is, you know, that's who I am. It is you a big I mean? brand. It is still the yeah the, the big the big the big brand, yeah. which, which members of say New Edition realize they know that that's the brand, and they've been able to build from from that. Yes, I, I think I had two final questions. I think one of them um, was, you know, from the cut close your first album Surrender. Are you, no, actually, from all the singles you've put out before, so in the, in the nineties, which would you say was your personal favorite? Um. I would say I like is my personal favorite of the singles that we put out. Yeah. Um, I like and surrender uh, only because, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a submissive song and <laughs> it's a, it's a song that demands, you know, authority. Okay. Like one is a submissive song and the other one is an authoritative song. You know what I'm saying? Like surrender is like, I'm going to make you surrender. It's my turn again. And then on I like it's like, ooh, baby, I like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it just gives you different, you know, implications of what it feels like to, you know, be touched and loved and who everybody wants to be touched and loved. Nobody wants to be walking around here looking like a robot or feeling like a robot, mm -hmm. you know? And that's what's dangerous about COVID right now because everybody's emotions is all over the place. But yeah. we all need physical touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Physical touch is, is, is a need. Yeah. It's not no longer you know a want it is a need mm. you know what i'm saying it has a lot to do with your spiritual growth and your you know healthiness you know what yeah. i'm saying so i like you know the song that i felt like should have you know another one that i feel like didn't give en enough is everything else that didn't come out <laughs> like don't change don't change was a great you know song when it comes down to the content giving mm. you my love again was great it was an awesome song it could have been a smash too it could have been another classic if it came out but it's slow, you know, a lot of slow songs don't give it the opportunity to, uh, to you know, because people like, you know, groove me, baby. They like the fast songs, you know what I'm saying? But well, I like in the 90s, songs though, stay around longer, too. Yeah, in the 90s, though, you, you had the space. But I guess you've spoken about the, the label situation, which really made it creatively a challenge. Um, I think the other question that, that, that I had then was, uh, one of the things I noticed, you seem to be um, a lot into your fitness is is that something that you? Mm -hmm. it, what, what, what is, is that something you're doing as as a as a as a passion, or what? what where, where's what's that from? Well, you know, it's it's as a passion, and it's as for for healthiness, and it's for motivation for people. Because in order for you to walk in tune with yourself completely, you got to be physically, emotionally, and spiritually sound. Yeah, you can't just have you know your thought processing and your body is jacked up because it has a lot to do with how you see yourself, how you view things in life. You know what I mean? So I, I would encourage everybody to figure out how to, you know, get your physical body in shape because it makes you feel so much better about yourself. And if you feel better about yourself and everything else that you see, you see it differently. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, and I don't like to say because, you know, everybody's hurt, but, you know, hurt people look at things differently than healed people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when it comes down to working out, it has done a great service for me for me to physically, spiritually, and mentally get myself together and, and have them start working as three individuals together, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because it, I, I didn't realize how important it was to really be comfortable with the skin that you're in. Yeah. And so um, it does me a world of good in so many different ways that I it would, it would be stupid of me not to tell people or to show someone or give them some kind of, you know, motivation, you know, figure if it, that's me working out and me posting it to show people what I do and the reason why I do it, then that's what I'm doing. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It was just by chance because after I had my children, I was like, oh my goodness, boy, I tell you, I got some, I got some titties now, you know, got that ass and stuff. <laughs> so I tried to go to the gym and, you know what I'm saying, firm it and, you know, make it look like a video vixen. But yeah, that don't work like that. It don't work like that. Because I went, I went and every, I lost everything and I turned to the number 11. I was like, oh no, bro. Like, I look like Tammy Lee from Buns of Steel. Now, I need curves. <laughs> <laughs> I needed my curves back, you know, so I had to stop doing so much aerobics and losing weight and really nurture my body and do everything in the right way, which is you have to build your muscle. You have to pay, mm. pay attention to every muscle, you know, part that you have, like it's a baby, mm. you know? And once you do that and you start seeing results and you see it with your own, and be like, man, I did that. I'm doing it. It's working. And when you see it and you implement the same formula to everything in your life, it, it works the exact same way. Wow. It does. It works the exact same way. So if you work yourself out, you start looking at your body changing and stuff, it does the same thing in everything that you do in your life. If you put the same dog on might to it, you know, and I learned that as well. So now it will behoove me and others to do the same thing because it, it will never fail you, hmm. you know? So um, I have to keep that. That's going to be a forever thing. I'm never, I'm never going to stop working out unless my body say, bitch, you ain't getting up today. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, I think one of the things I always ask all my guests is um, if you were stuck on an elevator and, and, and you had a choice of a movie while they're getting you out, what would you pick to watch? Uh, stuck on a backdraft. <laughs> okay, okay. That's Kurt Russell. The, the, no, no, yeah, is it Kurt Russell? I can't yes. remember the, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. firefighter. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, backdraft. I go to the top. I'm like, we're getting the pot here, though. I'm gonna figure out how to climb to the top or the next one, something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I ain't sitting there waiting for nobody, like, you know, Return of the Living Dead, when people just stuck in that elevator and they see all these zombies just scratching at the door. Yeah, okay. Now I'm coming through the top now. You know what I'm saying? You ain't about to see me coming up through here. Okay, backdraft. And, and they're about to put the movie on, but they say, okay, we've got us, it'll take a few seconds, minutes just to get the movie on. What, what song would you, they said, we can put a song for you. What song would you request to listen to? Um, from a movie? No, just any song. So it's almost like a what you, what what song is like your song that you like. No matter what's going on, I need to play. Listen to this track. I don't. You know, I don't. I, I don't have those where I have to go to this one track to listen to. But if there is a song or if there's a movie that I could, that would get me to the point where I feel like singing, it might be Color Purple. <laughs> okay. When they when she's singing, speak Lord, speak okay. to me. Oh, speak Lord, speak to me. That one gets me, you know, it gets me right. You know what I'm saying? But the song I guess I would listen to right now that I would make me happy no matter what is You Make Me Happy. Okay. Frank. I love that song. Thank you, May, Frank, I love Yeah. It. Okay. Yes. Okay. You know, it's it's really been great. I mean, you, you, it's been. I mean, a lot of people would be saying, "Oh, wonder what's up with Cut Close? We haven't seen you guys in a while." And it's it's understandable with COVID, everyone's just being grounded. But I hopefully the fact that you guys were able to release something in the midst of this says that you guys are 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 are, are looking and working on stuff. I think we do miss the slow songs, the, the love songs, and and hopefully. We'll oh, get... I have I have a lot of you know new things that's going to be coming out. You know with cut clothes and with myself, but you know, 
I wrote on on uh, cut clothes. I wrote on the half half of the album cut clothes. So I mean, hopefully, you know, I can give people some you know different things. But you know, it's different though. Um, so we we do have a new song out, and we do have some shows that we have to make up, and we do have some shows coming up in London. You know, okay. it's just you know I guess they're trying to figure out a day because now everybody wants the same day because everybody has to reschedule stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's really tough. So yeah. here's hoping that the freaking COVID thing don't get to a point where it's like, you can't, you can't fly unless you got the vaccine. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be a problem, though. <laughs> You're going to be doing all kinds of doggone, what do you call it? Holograms. Like, Holograms. <laughs> hey, God, yeah, they, they're going to vaccinate everyone in England um, by by spring. They, yeah, they've got so enough. everybody has to get it? I I, I I think I think you you, you can't get you away. Don't have from a it. choice. Well, I don't think they can force you to take it, but I I think you, you don't. Almost, I I think it's going to be a case. They're going to make where, life hard for you when you don't. Well, yeah, you, know, you may not be able to go into the office. You may not be able to walk around without a mask. If you know it, it, it you know. I mean, how are they going to know that unless they know above? This then, person is not taking the vaccine. They probably yeah, won't have I, that one day when they can I think see if, stuff if, over your head. Yeah, if 90% of the people are, are vaccinated, it means that you get sick, you're the one that's going to get sick. And, and, and they, and you, you know, healthcare is free in the UK, unlike in the US. So, yeah, it's not here. You can get a code and, and go to the hospital and you don't pay for it. So, I think they need wow. everyone to be, they need everyone to be vaccinated so that it doesn't overwhelm our healthcare system and stuff. Yeah, well. Yeah. But I think, you know, People would probably won't forgive me if I don't ask this question. After all these years, and you guys are all in the same town, yourselves and Keith Sweat, have you guys sort of put things apart? Because I know you guys did the sweatshop back in 2007, but have you guys in a position where bygones are bygones, you can still say hi if you see on the street? And Oh, oh, let me, let me tell you. I have no ill feelings whatsoever with Keith, none. He is our musical father, you know. He allowed us to, to have a way in this business, you know what I'm saying? I understand why Keith is who he is. I understand why he made the moves business-wise, you know what I'm saying, for me to be pissed off and upset. I understand all of them. I can't say that I always agree, but I understand. And so with me coming to that understanding and conclusion, then I can't really hate him in any kind of way because you know this business is cruel to everybody it was cruel to him too you know what i'm saying it's just like someone who was molested when they're young and i'm not saying this is keith and then they grow up, they do some bullshit you know what i'm saying because of what they went through in life you know what yeah. i mean that we're all subjected to that everybody is in that kind of position none of us is immune of doing something you know what i'm saying so i i, I love him for him giving us a shot i love him for him making me rough and tough like I am, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I respect him as a man and as a fellow comrade when it comes down to singing and stuff like that. I have I don't have no ill feelings. I do feel some type of way when it comes down to things that are sustained, but then you know, people just gotta heal. And it's I can't really say what how long it takes for some people to heal. That's not for me, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But if Keith were to call us and ask us to perform on the show, hell yeah, I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? If he was right here, I'd give him a big hug and a kiss. You know what I mean? He he is our musical genius father. Like, you know what I mean? I don't... I, I tell the truth according to what happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to carry 
the negativity with me. Yes, it does yes. no good whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, nah, bro. I, I, am, I have no ill feelings for Keith. I just tell people of what happened to us back in the day. You know, I do feel like sometimes, you know, he may carry it still because he's not really asking us to perform on shows. But then I understand how he wants us to do more things or do more songs so we can perform more songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He does, you know, push us to do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But that should never be something that should trump you from saying, okay, we got a show together or come do a show with me. You know what I mean? Mm. Because he, we are each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody, yeah. he can't be nobody by himself. Yeah. And get up on it. He can't <laughs> get up yeah. on it by himself. Uh, <laughs> twisted. He can't be twisted by himself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we have three of the biggest songs he's had in his career if not the biggest songs that he's had in his career. Twisted and Nobody are the biggest songs besides Make It Last Forever. And I think Get Up On It may surpass that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what else do you, can you really remember that was bigger? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can't. I mean, Twisted, you know, just off that album, that one single alone, it sold four million copies. Four million mm. off of one single, dude. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. And it's good that you clarified, because I guess people might have just listened, you know, when they watch and they hear that part, they think, oh, there's a, there's a split and stuff. But I know. Nah, bro. Nah, yeah. bro. I, still, I love Keith. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my dude. That's our father. I'm, I'm not going to disrespect him in, in the sense of, you know, holding the grudge like that forever. But I'm going to tell the truth of what happened to us in the business. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but as far as, what you know, I don't have no ill feelings about him in any way whatsoever, you know? Yeah, and so. it's, what is strange is that, you know, 20,000 people might watch this and not one person will be surprised by the experiences you guys had because I've had 20 interviews and they've heard the same thing from every recording yeah. artist. From but when you think about that, the guy, when you think about that, you got to realize that it's, it's like a systematic thing. Once it's happened to you, they do it to the next person. Yeah. Because yeah. even if I were to get someone to come under me i'm gonna remember everything that happened to me and be like well this is the reason why i need to get mine i mean yes i mean yeah because if you if you have if you if people can drive on your road and get notoriety come on you don't think that you should pay tax for being on my road yeah yes i mean we got to do it out here you know Mm. what i'm saying i gotta pay taxes when i get out here and drive my car to this japanese restaurant about to go to (laughs) yeah you know what it's it's been it's been a blast it's been really fun it's been really good and i think you know uh, a, a lot of the fans will be really excited to hear that you guys uh, are, are back um yeah you know, man I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll let them know about the single but uh but i, I guess they'll still want to be looking forward to what what you guys are going to be putting out next thanks for watching please remember to subscribe to the channel but most importantly to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview loads to come but thanks a lot for watching